Amen. We'll go ahead and get started. And I, I know we got some prayer requests this morning, some things to keep in. Uh, Gary Paget, senior, had a stroke last night. Um, still a young man, amen, somewhere in his 60s perhaps. And uh, uh, keep him and, your, and his family in your prayers. And uh, continue to pray for pastor, amen, recovering from surgery. Uh, it's a lot of people traveling, and uh, we got, got people traveling for the holidays. Keep them in your prayers also. Brother Jimmy, would you open us up in prayer this morning? Most kind of gracious heavenly Father, it sure is a blessing to be in your house this morning. We come here to praise, worship you, fellowship with our church family and here from the Lord. We thank you for uh, this time of year, Lord, that we set aside to celebrate the coming of our Lord and Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I ask that you help us to live each and every day knowing this wonderful gift you've given us and looking forward to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask your blessing upon our gathering here this morning, Lord, that you bless us with your presence we hear from heaven. And we praise you, love you, and ask these many blessings. Thank you <coughs> in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Morning. Yes, you be uh, praying for my dad. He's in the hospital again, so um, he's got pneumonia. <laughs> Otherwise, he's doing a little better, so. Go ahead and stand, turn to 219, sing Silent Night, Holy Night. <laughs>
born. God sent him to start his ministry to be our Savior.
We could not see 
we didn't know who you were long time ago you were born born in a manger low sweet little Jesus boy the world treats you Treats me mean too, but that's how things are down here. We didn't know who you were, Mary. Did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man, Mary? special. It's a beautiful song. Amen. It's one of my favorite songs. It really is. And it just, see if I get this turned on. Open your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. I wish I had talent like that. I wish I had a voice like that. I wish I could play the piano like that. Amen. I'm Kind of envious. I got left out on a, 
on a, a lot of talent in those ways, and I, I appreciate people using their talents for the Lord. Amen. I Just as a reminder, I want to remind you, we don't have services tonight. Sunday night services are canceled, Christmas is tomorrow, spend time with your family, a lot of people will be traveling. Same way with next Sunday, uh, December 31st, there'll be no p.m. services, but we will have a.m. services, amen, so be here for that. Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2, We're, that's a Christmas story, right? Expecting a Christmas message this morning. Uh, I, I know as a kid, I always got excited on around this time of the year. I still do, I guess, but not like I did when I was a kid. Uh, but well, and, uh, if you got little ones, I'm sure they're excited. Probably won't sleep tonight. And I, I remember we probably, as a family, went to uh, church twice a year, and, and Christmas was one of them. We go this time of year as a family, and uh, of course around Easter. Uh, that's just just the way that it was. It's not churches. I, you could almost count on churches being packed twice a year. Amen. On Christmas and Easter, around that. Uh, it's not so much like that anymore, unfortunately. Uh, church should be packed all year round. Amen. Uh, that's the way it should be. Uh, December 25th, coming up, of course, tomorrow's the day set aside where we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, if you want to get fact-based and boil it all down, it probably, it probably wasn't the day he was born, but uh, praise the Lord, at least there's one day set aside each year that we do recognize uh, God manifested in the flesh coming down leaving the portals of glory to come in human flesh to pay a sin debt that we couldn't pay. Amen. He was born to die. And I know some Christians see all the paganism in Christmas and the Christmas tree and, and what have you. And uh, it's, you know, much of Christmas is based on tradition and not so much the Bible Anyways, but praise the Lord, there is at least one day uh, that we do recognize the birth of the Savior. Uh, like I said, a lot of Christmas is based on tradition and not Bible. Take the wise men, for example. How much do we really know about the wise men? Were they really kings? Uh, even the old Christmas song, We Three Kings of Orient Are. Uh, that, that song may be wrong on several occasions or several accounts, amen. Uh, the Bible doesn't necessarily say that they were kings. In fact, they almost certainly were not kings. The Bible refers to them as wise men. And uh, were there only three of them? Perhaps. The Bible's not real clear on that either. Now, we know that they brought three kinds of gifts. And, uh, of course, the old tradition is they represent mankind. And uh, 
Just like Noah and his three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, that these three wise men perhaps are representative of that. And, and there might be some truth to that, but we don't know for sure. Unfortunately, most of our conceptions about them come from the imaginations of people who draw Christmas cards, amen. And uh, what we really know about them is that they show up out of nowhere, they leave their gifts, and they disappear. That's about all we really know. Let's look at Matthew chapter 2. Let's read those first 12 verses. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophets, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor, shall rule my people, Israel. Verse 7, Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. When you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Verse 11 says, And when they were come into the house, not the stable, amen, when they had come unto the house, they saw the young child. He wasn't a baby, he was a young child. With Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him with gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed to their own country another way. That pretty much sums up what we know about the wise men. Well, we're going we're to try to dig into some things about these wise men this morning. Amen. But before we go any further, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the truths found in your precious word. Thank you, Lord, for a place to come and worship you and open your word and learn from it. I pray, Father, that uh, the message would be used for your glory this morning, that uh, you help me to say things that will be a help and a blessing and an encouragement to those present, Father, that you'll receive glory from it. I pray that something will be said to help us to be better servants. Lord, uh, help me to only say the things you'd have me to say and be quiet where you want me to be quiet and uh, keep my opinions to myself, but just proclaim your truths. We'll give you all the praise and glory for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to look at the... These wise men, they're an important part of the first Christmas story here recorded 
in Matthew chapter 2. And uh, I'm going to take that word wise men, that compound, those, and we're going to turn it into an acrostic this morning. Uh, let's start off. It says there in verse 11, it says, And when they were come into the house, talking about the wise men, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Uh, I, th I think about that W in wise men. Amen. Uh, these wise men, they were wise in the fact that they knew who to worship. Amen. They worshipped him. They worshipped a young child. Whether there were three of these wise, I don't know how many they were. The Bible doesn't tell us for sure. That could have been a whole bunch of them. Uh, but they knew who to worship, amen. That's why we're here this morning, folks. Do you realize that? You know, I've heard people in the past, I'm not saying here, but you know, I've been saved since 1986, and I've heard people in the past come to church and say, you know what, I, I didn't get a thing out of the services. That's not what worship is. Do you know what worship is? If I was to put you on the spot this morning and say, give me a definition of what worship is, could you give me a definition of what worship is? Worship is giving back to God. It's us giving to God. Whether it's praise, adoration. What did these wise men do? They came and worshipped a young child. And they what they gave? Gold. Frankincense and mirth. Worship is us. It's a consuming desire for us to give to God. That's what worship is. You want to be a wise man <laughs> like these wise men? Worship the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know what the Bible says? You know what the fool does? Let's, let's look at Psalms chapter 14 real quick. Psalms chapter 14. There's two kinds of people in this world. There's saved and the lost. There's wise men in there, as we'll see in Psalms chapter 14, verse 1. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Now, why would a fool say that? Well, the scriptures go on to tell us why. It says, because they are corrupt. They have done abominable works. You know what that word abominable is? That's the strongest word in the English language that could be used to describe God's dislike for someone or for something. Abominable works. There's none that do good. That verse is so true and so important. It's repeated again in Psalms chapter 53, almost word for word. Look at Psalms chapter 53, verse 1. The fool hath said in his heart is no God. 
Corrupt are they that have done abominable iniquity. There is none that doeth good. The fool has said in his heart there is no. You're, you're, listen, there's two types of people in this world, amen. There's the saved. You're either saved or lost. You're either wise or you're a fool. Um, the old atheist joke is, is that one time an atheist complained to a friend because, you know, Christians have their special holidays that they celebrate, Christmas and um, Easter, and the Jews celebrate the Passover and so forth. And so this atheist said, you know, we, we have no recognized national holiday. It, it's a unfair discrimination, amen, and his friend said, well, why don't you celebrate April 1st, April Fool's Day. Um, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. Uh, well, a wise man, what does a wise man do? He worships. He gives back. He worships God. And we see these wise men, they traveled uh, from the east a far away distance, amen. They didn't load up in a boat or a plane or, or the SUVs or bus. You know, they probably traveled by a camel or, or on foot. And uh, it was qu quite a journey. But they knew who to worship. And they were obedient to the Lord's leading and came and gave their gifts, and worshipped. What about that I in wise men? Let's go to Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs chapter 9 for the I in wise man. Proverbs chapter 9, look at, uh, let's start at verse 8. Proverbs chapter 9, well, let's start at verse 7. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 7 says, He that reproveth a scorner, Getteth to himself shame, and he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, and he shall be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Notice there in verse 8 where it says, Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. You know, John the Baptist did that one time. Didn't turn out so well, did it? John the Baptist reproved a scorner by a fellow by the name of King Herod, and it didn't go so well. Stephen, in Acts chapter 7, reproved some scorners. Cost him his life. You know what happened to David in the Old Testament when he was rebuked? By Nathan the prophet, they, David was a wise man. He repented and got right. And God was able to go on to use and bless David. Same thing about Peter in the New Testament. We see there in verse 9, Give instruction to a wise man and he shall be yet wiser. Peter was rebuked by the Lord himself. Repented, got right. Went on to preach Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 souls got saved. Amen. Uh, give instruction to a wise man, and he will yet be yet wiser. 
How well do you receive instruction? Where do we receive it? From God's word. Do you receive instruction well? Well, a wise man does. A wise man does. What about that S in wise man? Let's go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Our Lord speaking. John chapter 5, verse 39. Talking about being a wise man. John chapter 5, verse 39 tells us to search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they, talking about the scriptures, are they which testify of me. When Jesus made this statement here in John chapter 5, verse 39, he's talking about the Old Testament. The 39 books of the Old Testament. That's what those wise men of Matthew chapter 2 had to go by. Search the scriptures. That's what the S in wise men. You know what a wise man does? Search the scriptures. You want to be wise? Spend time in God's word. Search the scriptures. Why? Because they testify about Jesus Christ. You want to learn about the Savior? Search the scriptures. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. A wise man will not rely on man's opinion. What does thus saith the Lord? Somebody asks you a question about, somebody asks me a question about something. You know what I do? I, I, I know if I go on my own way of thinking, I, I, I've been wrong on many occasions. Uh, but I try to, you know, what does the Bible say about that? that that's, that's a wise way of going about things, isn't it? Search the scriptures. Be familiar with God's word. A wise man searches the scriptures. What about that first E? Let's go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Look at verse 17. Paul says this, brethren, talking to the church at Philippi, be followers together of me. Mark them which walk so as you have not us for an example. Uh, Paul's a pretty good example as a Christian, isn't he? I, I think so. He may not be the greatest Christian I don't know, we, we may get to the judgment seat of Christ and uh, maybe someone we've never even heard of. Greatest, I don't know. I know the Bible says a man born of women, there's none greater than John the Baptist. That's what Jesus said. Uh, but from what I know about the Apostle Paul, in, in my mind, in my opinion, from, from what I know, uh, to me, I think he's the greatest Christian. No, but as great as Paul is, and he's a great example. Uh, he, he, he's a good example to go by. Uh, but of course, Jesus Christ is the ultimate example, amen. Uh, but you know what a wise man does? A wise man leads by example. Uh, 
And a wise man follows a good example. And Paul's a pretty good example. Uh, Paul says, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as you have not have us for an example. And uh, that word ensample there is, it, it, it's a taste of the real thing, amen. Uh, and, and Paul exactly was that. Jesus is our ultimate example, but Paul was a pretty good example. Uh, yeah, you know, as a parent, you want to try to instruct your children that they not go down the same paths maybe that you went down that didn't work out so well. And you try to give them some advice. And, uh, but some people just have to learn the hard way, don't they? Uh, but we we try, but we try to lead by example, and uh, as a Christian, uh, Jesus Christ is our ultimate example. We're to be like Him, and that's what the Lord is doing. That's what God sends trials and troubles our way to chip away at us, to mold us, and shape us to be more like Christ. But Paul's a pretty good example to go by. And we're to be a good example. You know, we influence people we don't even realize. People are watching us. And so that's why it's important to have a good testimony and to lead by example. So for the W, we see worship. For the I, instruction. For the S, we're to search the scriptures. For the E, to be a good example and to follow good examples. What about that M in wise men? Let's go to John chapter 2. John chapter 2. This is where our Lord and Savior performs his first miracle. And, um, you know, there's a lot of tradition and, and hearsay and, and talk about, I, I think it came out a couple years ago about a movie that's, supposed to portray the, the life of Christ in his earlier years, and, and they, they had him performing miracles. That's not biblical. You know what the Bible says? His first miracle was performed here in Acts chapter 2, and he's probably around the age of 30. Um, he didn't perform miracles as a young child uh, at the age of 12 or 13 or 14 or what have you. Uh, the first miracle that he performed is found here in John chapter 2, and it's the turning of water into wine at the wedding at Cana. But I want us to look at verse 4. Verse 4, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. And that's because they're in verse 3. Well, you know what? Let's back up there in verse 1. John chapter 2, verse 1 says, In the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they had uh, wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus saith to her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. You know, that's a wise statement. 
Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Mary made that statement there in John chapter 2, verse 5. You don't hear much said about Mary in most Baptist churches. And uh, that's probably because the Catholics put an overemphasis on her, amen? They pretty much make her the fourth person in the deity. The first, somebody said the fourth person in the Trinity, amen? I, I, I know three makes the Trinity, but they deify Mary, the Catholic Church does. You know, Mary needed a Savior just like you and I, amen? She was blessed among women. Uh, she was a great example, uh, but... You don't pray to Mary. But here she made one of the wisest statements found in all the Bible. This may be the best advice anyone could give to another human being. This is what she said. John chapter 2 verse 5. Whatsoever he, talking about Jesus, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. You couldn't make a wiser statement than that. You couldn't give better advice than that. Whatsoever Jesus Christ says unto you, do it. Isn't that wise? I think about the M in wise men. I think about that statement Mary makes in John chapter 2, verse 5. What about that second E? In wise men. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Second Corinthians chapter 13. Look what Paul says there in verse 5. Paul says this. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5. Examine yourselves. Why, Paul? Well, Paul says, examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates? You know what Paul's saying here? Check yourself to make sure your salvation's real. You know, some people are just religious. Somebody said uh, religion's like decon for rats, amen. They think it's good for them, but it'll kill you in the end. Examine yourselves, Paul says. Listen, I'm not trying to make anybody doubt their salvation, but if I could make you doubt your salvation, something's wrong. <laughs> Examine yourselves. Listen, if you invited God, the Holy Spirit, into your life, you're going to know it. You'll know it. Isn't that what John says there in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13? He says, uh, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. You know it. The Bible says you'll become a new creature in Christ. Old things will pass away, but all things become new. You'll be different. You know, you know if you're saved or not, but you better make sure. That's wise advice. That's wise counsel. Paul says, examine yourselves. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the 
saints at Corinth. He's talking to the church. Make sure. You know, I, I think I'm saved. I, I've asked people that. Are, are you going to heaven? I've heard people, I think so, or I hope so. The Bible says you can know so, amen? Make sure you know that. What's more important? What's more important than knowing that you're saved? There's nothing more important than that. You want to be wise? Examine yourself. Make sure you're in the faith. Make, th- make sure things are right between you and the Lord. Amen? That's, w- that's wise counsel. That's what Paul says. Amen? He's a pretty good example. Pretty good advice. Examine yourselves. It's a wise statement. What about that end? In wise men. Let's stay there in 2 Corinthians. Let's go to chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Look at verse 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2. Paul says this. In 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, there we go. Uh, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Here he goes. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Amen. Now. Now's the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. You don't have to wait until Christmas for the greatest gift of all. Amen. The gift of salvation. If you're here this morning, you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Paul gives some of the wisest counsel right here. Now is the accepted time. You don't have to wait till Christmas for the greatest gift of all, the gift of salvation, the gift that lasts throughout all eternity. Paul goes on to say, now, now is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. If the Holy Spirit is dealing with you about your lost condition, don't sleep on it. Take it, Get that thing settled now, amen? Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. If you're not in faith, get that thing settled today. Get that thing settled now. Remember those statistics that I gave last week? Every 60 seconds, 107 people, on average, someplace in this world, slip off into eternity. The Bible says we have no promise of tomorrow. That's 151,600 people a day slip off into eternity. On average, some days it may be higher, some days maybe not quite so many. But on average, 151,600 people someplace on this planet are going to leave this world. They're going to spend eternity in one of two places, heaven or hell. There's no third place. There's no other choice. 
It doesn't matter if you're an atheist. It don't matter. The truth is the truth. Paul says, get that thing, take, be settled on it. Know for sure where you're going to spend eternity. Amen. Paul says, behold. That word behold, that means this is important. This ain't something you mess around with. Behold. Now is the accepted time. Behold. Now is the day of salvation. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30 says, You want to be wise? Be a soul winner. You say, I'm saved this morning. Well, praise the Lord. Be a soul winner. Probably going to spend perhaps uh, some time around some lost people tomorrow. Be a soul winner. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 13 says, that's the wise thing to do, amen. Win people to Jesus Christ. Say, I'm not a good speaker. Hand them a gospel track. Hand them a gospel track. Invite them to church. Pray for them. Be a soul winner. That's wise counsel. It's wise counsel, amen. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your precious word. We thank you, Lord, for the story of these wise men. We don't know much about them, but help us to be more like them. Help us to be wise. We see the truths found here in God's word instruction on how to be wise. Lord, help us to take what we heard this morning, apply it to our lives, be better servants for your glory. With heads bowed and eyes closed, would you stand to your feet? I have a song of invitation. I don't want to take for granted that everybody here is saved. Amen. I got saved in church. 1986, I got saved in church. Maybe somebody here this morning needs to be saved. It's the Lord dealing with your heart that you're lost. You don't know. You have no assurance. Paul says, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Maybe you're just not sure. Would you come this morning and get that settled? That's the greatest gift of all. Amen. That's why we celebrate Christmas. That's what Christmas is all about. Maybe you're here this morning and somebody put someone on your heart. You, you know you're going to spend time with family tomorrow. And maybe you just want to ask the Lord to help you to be, a, be an example, to be a soul winner, to be a witness. Come pray for that individual. Amen. Pray to ask God to help you to be a better witness, better soul winner for his glory. have the men come forward for the offering. Just keep in mind, no services tonight and no services next Sunday night, but there will be services next Sunday morning. Amen. Brother Dave, would you ask the blessing? Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for giving us the rest we need. Lord, we also thank you for your message from your word learn from it, understand it, and Lord, we ask that we, you give us the words to say to those around us, to speak our hearts, 
but also share the gospel that you came to give to others. And lead us in heaven with your will and your will. Lord, we ask that you just bless this offering, give it. Bless the gift and the giver. Bless us as we go home. Safe travels and time with our families. Lord, yes. Bless all these things in your precious name. Amen. And 18, amen. We'll be having a prayer breakfast at 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning here at the church. Y'all invited for that. Is there any other announcements before we dismiss in prayer? Brother Travis, would you dismiss us in prayer? Father, it's been good to be in your house today, and Lord, we thank you for a place that we can come out of the cold and worship you. And Lord, we thank you for the message we heard this morning about your blessings. Brother Danny, for delivering your word. Lord, we pray that each one of us would be wise to you, the wise men and women, that we would seek you first. And Lord, we thank you for your word and how it speaks to us. And today, as we think of the birth of Christ, we thank you, Father, for sending your Son. Lord, as we go our separate ways, you pray, pray that you'd help us to be a beacon for you and a light for you. These things we ask in your name. Amen. Amen.